0: guys again right now you are listening to your favorite podcast on the riot network quick blitz uh with me myself vashti hurt and my co-host Sheena quick thank you for everyone who has been listening and supporting um and uh giving us feedback on twitter we really appreciate that uh we'd also encourage you guys to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when we drop new episodes, they usually come out on Thursdays, but given that yesterday was Turkey Day, we are doing our podcast and releasing it today on Friday. So this is only a special occasion, usually they'll drop on Thursday. So we appreciate you listening to us. Make sure you're subscribing at the riotreport.com backslash quick hyphen blitz. Sheena, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It's always one of those,
1: um, Thanksgiving is always one of those situations where I think the meaning of it has changed over the years. A lot of people are anti-Thanksgiving because of the genocide that it signals when it comes to Native and Indigenous people. Um, I think that in my household, with the absence of Sunday dinners, I think it's more so just about getting together with family, so I'll start with saying that and um, happy National Day of Mourning, happy National Indigenous Peoples Day. Partaking in Thanksgiving in my household is in no way, shape, form, or fashion a um, an attempt to downplay what happened. And um, the origins of the holiday, So I just wanted to start by saying that.
0: (laughs) I completely agree. And I was having this conversation with my mom. It was just me and my mom. You know, we are in a pandemic, so kept kept it low key. Um, But, you know, I even feel weird saying Thanksgiving now because because of the the history. And, you know, I might say Turkey Day. I don't know. I don't even eat turkey like that. But either way, I think it's important to you know, recognize the history of, of, of the holiday and how for a lot of, um, indigenous people to this country, uh, it's not, it's not a time to celebrate. So I'm, I'm happy that you acknowledge that.
1: Yeah. So actually to, just to be completely accurate today, Friday, November 27th is national, national native American heritage day here in the United States. Um, And with that being said, you know, the holidays always throw things into a kind of a tailspin schedule wise. So you're getting this episode much later than normal and an entire week, almost an entire week has passed since um, the Panthers game against Detroit. So we won't talk about that a lot. We're just going to kind of hit some key points on what went right. Um, For starters, PJ Walker getting his first NFL start, which he did not know that morning when he woke up that he was going to be the starter. He found that out during warmups. On game day in Vashti, um, we talked a little bit about it in our post game quick blitz. We both gave him a B, um, c- because you can't, you know, you have to acknowledge the two end zone interceptions. But um, Teddy Bridgewater, when he when when he was asked about PJ's performance, what
0: did he say? B? He said <laughs> the only thing that he has to say is listen to the song Wale, sue me. And if you're not familiar with the song, I encourage you to go listen to it. I'm very familiar with the song. I love the song. I love what it stands for. But if you don't know, I'll just give you the words say, sue me. I'm rooting for everybody who's black. So basically he's saying he understands as a black quarterback, the strife and the struggles and probably even as a black man in this country. And so he was rooting for PJ Walker, just off the strength that he's a black man trying to make it in NFL As a quarterback. So shout out to him. Like, when I heard him say that, I was like, yo, all right, Teddy. Put on for the culture a little bit. He definitely does. He he puts on for the culture. Um, It's it's not in the
1: same way as Cam Newton, which we're going to discuss later today because we know that he plays – that Cam Newton plays for the Patriots, but somehow he's still a topic of conversation in Charlotte Media. We'll go into depth on that a little bit later, but immediately – What does Will Greer, I'm sorry, P.J. Walker's performance mean for Will
0: Greer? I want to ask you that, honestly, because you have been very, like, Sheena has not wavered on Will Greer off-rip. Like, Sheena has said from the beginning that Will Greer is not a great quarterback. And she saw it in practice, you know, and... So what do you think it means? I mean, I think for me, although Matt Rule would not commit to saying that P.J. Walker is the number two guy, P.J. Walker is the number two guy.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have to say that. And I know that um, Matt Rule in his first you know, year as an NFL head coach, a lot of things that he says are safe. That's not a knock on him. Because you you know, people will take a sound bite and run with it, so he hasn't verbally said anything. But for me, actions speak louder than words. And um, even before Sunday, Will Greer has not taken a game snap in the instances where Teddy may be out for a series or two. We've seen PJ Walker, I'll mm-hmm. bet we saw PJ in doses, and they weren't even Matt Rule. Now, he admitted to this, they weren't in the greatest of circumstances, it'd be like they'd be at four, you know, on, on fourth and nine pinned back to their 15 yard line and then PJ goes in. So we had seen him in doses. And I feel like if they thought that Will Greer was the number two
0: quarterback, we would have seen him on Sunday. Absolutely. No question. And we would have seen him before Sunday also. It's it's last season.
1: Last season. Last season. season.
0: Any at any time, you know, and and I feel like and they were in leading up to the game there were questions about, you know, everybody know Will Greer like was picked in the third round, right? But so you that's would, what
1: it is. That's all. That's it is. what. It,
0: that's why there are questions about him because there's this assumption that if you pick a guy with that high of a pick, you know you have an invested interest in him, and and it's important. Matt Rule wasn't here when Will Greer was picked, and yeah, that was, was his draft pick. that was not his draft pick, and P.J. Walker is his guy. You know, he he was <laughs> P.J. Walker's coach. And obviously, and I'm not saying that PJ, uh, Matt rule made the decision based on his allegiance to PJ Walker only, but I mean, obviously he made the right decision because they came away with the victory.
1: It's Exactly. And you know, like I'm not high on Will Greer and that's not a, knock to say he's, he's just going to be a terrible quarterback or he's not going to pan out in the NFL. That doesn't necessarily have to be true. We see quarterbacks start especially this season with all the injuries that we've never heard of that haven't played it down in in years. So he may have a long career. He may have a Kirk cousins type agent. That's going to make sure he gets a lot of money for a long time, or he might just stumble into an opportunity where at that point, maybe he will have matured as a player and ability wise to where he can step in and be the franchise quarterback. But right now here, as it stands in North Carolina,
0: Teddy Bridgewater went down. Will Greer's not that guy. And and I'm not mad at it. Speaking of not that guy, oh. Sheena? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 52. I mean, it's it's a changing of
1: the guard. You know, Jermaine Carter has been here in Charlotte for years. And he's, he's got some playing time. We see, you know, bits and flashes of what he can do. But again, his growth as a player, as well as to hear Whitehead's not-so-great statistically season... It, it, I mean, it was like the perfect storm and it's always the next man up mentality to hear is sidelined with a, um, I believe it is, was it a shoulder injury? No, a rib injury. He's sidelined and it was, it was time for Jermaine Carter to be. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Let Are we keeping it a buck?
1: That's what they said. They said he was sidelined
0: with a rib Because they, 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 the people know we keep it a buck. Like, okay. So Sheena, do you really think he didn't play because of a rib injury? I think it helped
1: them make the decision. I think that, you know, in the weeks leading up to last Sunday, we saw his snap count decrease um, tremendously. And Coach Rule said that it's because they were playing in different packages that did not, and he was not in that, the personnel for those particular packages.
0: Man, listen, to hear Whitehead it. is a grown man and he's playing a man's game. And I understand and it seems like they're trying to save face for this grown man who hasn't been playing very well. I I mean, he got benched. I mean, the man dressed out. I I mean, and Coach Rule said, oh, he was there if we needed him. Yeah, no. Like, that man, I mean, he got his job taken, and it wasn't, you know, and and in this instance, he got his job taken just from the fact that he wasn't playing well, and somebody came on the field and did a better job. And Panthers Nation has been hollering for 52 to be gone for a while and I don't know if I don't know if you know if it's just age that's creeping in how old is Tahir Whitehead um he came in I think he was in the same draft class
1: as Luke Keekly if I'm not mistaken
0: so you know he's 30 I mean which is in in the skin is not old he's but in football years Jermaine Carter is 25 Jermaine Carter is 25 it's different
1: It is different. I, you know, on the flip side of, you know, to hear not playing that well, we got to give Jermaine Carter props because every time a play came his way, he made a play.
0: It was a noticeable difference. And And, um, that was the epitome of when you get your shot, you got to make the best of it. And, and, and that kind of probably was the whole theme for Sunday because PJ Walker did the same thing. PJ Walker put together good film, uh, but we can't, I mean, he did throw two end zone picks. One of them was really bad, but, but either way, he managed that Panthers offense scored enough points to win and the defense did, did their job. The defense shocked me though. Like I was not expecting that shutout. And I'm curious as to what led to it. And if this is just, you know, hopefully this is not an anomaly.
1: Hopefully it's not an anomaly. But when you get embarrassed, and Bashad's favorite word, when you get molly whopped at home, like they did by the Bucks, you better come back with some intensity.
0: Yeah, that Tampa Bay game was bad. Like it was that 98 the yard around. touchdown
1: run was atrocious. Like, you better come back with some intensity. You better come back and be prideful and put together a, a you know a shutout worthy performance. You better after that.
0: Then I and and props to props to Phil Snow. Because there was some talk on Twitter, and I wasn't down for it. Like I thought it was a bit premature, but there was some talk on Twitter about. Phil Snow, if people should be questioning his job and and if Matt Rule would be willing to part ways with him. And I'm like, y'all, chill. Like, if if, if you're not calling for Matt Rule's job or Joe Brady's job, I you mean, let Phil, yeah, let Phil Snow cook. This is one season, uh, you know, unconventional offseason. And nobody really expected the Panthers to be much. They have an v- extremely young defense. And to me, what they showed this past week was that they have a ton of potential to be uh, a, a defensive powerhouse in this league as they mature?
1: Absolutely, and because you know when you look at it being Phil Snow, Joe Brady, and Matt Rules, all of their first year in Carolina, Phil Snow's job is a lot more daunting than Joe Brady's. Joe Brady has Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, it's his first year right. back as a starter, but he was a starter before. Like, I mean, Teddy's not new to this. He was a starter before. He won at Louisville. You have, you had Robbie Anderson, you have Curtis Samuel, you have Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis, DJ Moore. You have bets and Mm -hmm. playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. Everybody's young. Yeah. I think he only returned two starters.
0: And with KK out, I mean, he played very limited. It's just, it's just been young. It's been young. And the question now is heading into this week's game against Minnesota. Will they be able to keep that momentum? Now, Teddy Bridgewater will play. Uh, Coach Rule said that he is basically back to normal. Bridgewater will play. Christian McCaffrey is listed as questionable, but Rule said he's pessimistic about his availability. How? First of all, do you think the defense will have a carryover into this week? Um, They have to. If they want a
1: chance at winning, they have to have a carryover into this week because they're facing Dalvin Cook and for lack of better words, he's been cooking this season.
0: They're second in the league in rushing yards per attempt, sixth in the league in rushing yards per game. Like that is I this is this is the Shaq Thompson game to me. Yeah. He has to put up, he has to take command
1: of this defense. He has to, they have to get off that field on third down because mm-hmm. they're still ranked as far as third down defense. They're 31st in the league and Minnesota is 14th. It's not exactly the best. They're not a top 10 offense when it comes to third down efficiency, but they're 14. And we know that that's the stat line that we keep our eyes on each and every week. And when the Panthers win that stat line, they win the game
0: well if it that's going to be the key if they can if they can stop the run and then get pressure on Kirk Cousins um uh, Brian Burns was defensive player of the week he had an incredible game last week i think that he is hitting his stride and he is going to be like defenses are starting to now really game plan for him and i think it if he can if he can give a fit if he can give Force Kirk Cousins into making mistakes, which we know he's very capable of doing, and that, and they can, and they can limit the run. Like this could be the Panthers could go into their bye week with a with a very very good win.
1: Absolutely, um, and on the offensive side of the ball, of course, we want to see more DJ Moore when the ball is in his hands. Good things happen.
0: I feel um, kind of bad for Robbie though, because Robbie at the beginning, like he was so electric, and and everybody was loving, and it's like they can't both eat it's it's when, when Robbie's eating DJ Moore's neglected and people are like, well, what's going on with DJ Moore. And then when DJ Moore's eating, you know, Robbie is kind of like there, but not really doing and they're, and they're both playmakers.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, I guess that's a good problem to have, but that's always been my question when it comes to what I refer to as Brady's bunch, you have this arsenal of offensive weapons and, like he said a couple weeks ago, they don't go into the game saying, okay, Robbie's going to get the ball more. Okay, DJ's getting the ball more. It's just kind of how the game flows. So you don't know who's going to have a breakout game. Now, when all, when Curtis, Samuel, Robbie, and DJ are all cooking, and you add Christian Caffrey and Mike, Mike Davis, Panthers are a top-five offense, in my opinion. But we just haven't seen all of that stuff click together at the same time.
0: Can they, can they be a top-five offense with Bridgewater under center?
1: I think so with, with everything happening that I said and him and Teddy being protected and actually having time in the pocket. I think so, but that's a very big, if Teddy has time in the pocket, because when he's upright, he's good. But when he's under pressure, that's when we see the picks. That's when we see, you know, the crazy lack of fourth down conversions and things like that. So third and fourth down conversions, I'm sorry, but. With the offensive line, a healthy offensive line, just even a decent—they don't even have to be great—a decent offensive line and all of those guys cooking at one time, they're definitely a top five. I I, I could
0: I could I can probably agree with that. Now CMC is going to travel with the Panthers to um, Minnesota. He probably won't play. I mean, I I've been saying this. Shut CMC down. What what what, what is so difficult about that?
1: I absolutely agree with that after the shoulder injury because he came back for one game. Um, you don't want to risk completely losing him for a whole season or more in a year that, you know, regardless of if the Panthers win on Sunday, they're not going to contend this year. No. So at this point, are you, what would be the reason other than, I mean, he's a safety net. He's been the safety net in Carolina for years now.
0: Carolina has enough weapons where they don't have to really rely on Christian. He's the money back. You've invested. You inv- you've invested money into him. He's been unable to stay on the field this season. It's a, a first year for Matt Rule and company. So, like, there is no harm in letting that man chill. None. And if anything, there should be a lesson.
1: There was a lesson learned in injury management when it mm. came. Cam Newton
0: a couple <laughs> seasons ago. This is a new regime, though. I mean, it's a new ha-
1: regime, but it's still Carolina.
0: Still Carolina. It's still Carolina. I agree. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the the being being pressed about it. I don't. I, I personally don't get that. What are your predictions for this week?
1: I don't necessarily have a score prediction, but. I think the Panthers leave Minnesota
0: with a dub. You, I, I, I don't. And only because I, I just, I mean, I think Minnesota has more to play for. Well, they're not, their, their record isn't that great either. Though. No, yeah. They're four and six, but they're three and one in the division. And I think that they have more hope as far as, post-season. I think they have more hope as far as postseason. Um, aspirations than the Panthers even though they're in all they're they're both in the same boat right I just think the outlook is different for Minnesota I do think Minnesota I think they feel like they can still make a run at the playoffs oh they can absolutely make a run
1: at the playoffs I think that this defense though this Carolina defense that pitching a shutout is a huge vote of confidence especially among a really young core so the defense plays at least 80 percent of how they played last week I think that they have a very good chance
0: Yeah, Minnesota just Minnesota's schedule going forward. They have the Panthers, they have the Jaguars, they have Bucks, Bears, Saints, and Lions. So it's not. I mean, it's not a cakewalk. Uh, It's not, but I mean, it's
1: other than the Bucks and the Saints, I don't really see anybody giving them a huge, you know, huge problems.
0: I if I'm betting, and you know, if I'm betting, I don't an away game. Minnesota. I think that I think that the defense will play better. I don't see them playing as well as they did last week. Uh, I I just I, I feel like Minnesota wins this but I do think it will be a close game. Um, there's been a lot of hype about Teddy Bridgewater's return. I think it's been kind of overhyped because he, he went there what last year with the with the Saints. So. I think that when it
1: comes to things like that, that, stuff like that is more for the fans. Yeah. You hear the coaches and you hear the players say over and over again, everybody's oh, you play for the Bears. Y'all are playing the Bears today. To them, it's another game. I'm no longer a Viking. I'm now a Panther. They got to go. You know, we, we, we've got to get the dub. So I think that's more of a fan thing when it comes to guys going back to visit old franchises that they once played for. But Teddy's definitely revered in that Minnesota community, um, you know, he was their starter. They they drafted him and he has a very close relationship with Mike Zimmer that has, you know, transcended him being on different teams and being injured, recovering and everything else. I think that there will be a twinge of emotion when it comes to him, but nothing outward
0: that we can see.
1: Yeah. I think he's going to approach it, you know, as a professional, which he, which he has to if they if they want a chance.
0: He keeps things very close to his vest. He's like almost stoic in some ways. Um, you kind of, you kind of went off on Twitter this week and, and I want to let you go off on this cause I want to go off too, but I want to, you know, I'm going to set this up. I'm going to give you the alley Then I want you to go ahead and dunk it. But this week again, like Cam Newton is gone, but for some reason there are certain Charlotte media members who will take any and every, oppor- any and every opportunity they can to take a dig at him and which, which I completely do not understand, but this week in a Thanksgiving article posted on ESPN, um, David Newton, cause you know, I'm going to say the names. David Newton had this to say, he said, moving on, uh, what they're thankful for, as far as the Panthers. And he said, Teddy Bridgewater uh, he went on to say, right, uh, moving on from franchise quarterback Cam Newton drew criticism and angst from many outside Bank of America Stadium, but Bridgewater has proved to be everything the coaching staff was looking for and more. He has handled the transition with class and dignity and has shown that he is more than worthy of replacing the best quarterback, hyphen, maybe best player um, in franchise history. Bridgewater has shown you can perform at a high level and be humble and fun-loving without being the center of attention as Newton often was because of his celebrity status. Sheena?
1: Why couldn't you have, well, I'm sorry, not you. Why couldn't he give Teddy Bridgewater his flowers, talk about how great he's been to this franchise without taking a shot? Why couldn't he, Sheena? That's the question. For me, it's because Cam Newton is unapologetically a black quarterback in this league. Historically, there's been some people have taken issue into people being who they are and not fitting into the box that others have created for them. And I thought it to be very ironic that he posted this on Thanksgiving when for the past 9 Thanksgivings when Cam Newton was suiting up as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, He was feeding families in the community on this particular day. I found the irony in that to be inescapable. What I also find to be ironic is that as brash and arrogant as Cam Newton has been characterized to be, how many times have we heard him or seen him or read anything about him hitting back at people that are hitting below the belt every single week that he was here in Charlotte? We don't see it. He's now in New England. He's not bashing his former franchise. He had his issues with the way he was released, rightfully so. But when it comes down to people characterizing him as this selfish player, I don't get where that's coming from. How does how someone dresses, how does that make them selfish? How does being confident as a quarterback, who is the the dang on captain of the ship on the field, How is having confidence a detriment when it comes to black quarterbacks? It's not an issue when Aaron Rodgers Rodgers is doing his um, discount double check. It's not, you know, an issue when you see Tom Brady slamming his helmet down in frustration and cursing the way he did when they were getting molly walked by the Saints a couple weeks ago. So why is it a problem when, okay, yeah, he was doing a Superman pose, but what did he do right afterwards? He found a kid in the stands and handed, handed off a touchdown, I mean, handed off the touchdown football. You know, it's not an issue when a white quarterback does it. It's passion. He's so driven. He's so focused, determined, and competitive. But if you take that exact same action and it's committed by a black quarterback, it's an issue. So, yeah, I know I went a little bit on a tangent, but it's because this particular writer, I feel like, has, he has participated in irresponsible journalism for a while. And it doesn't stop at Cam Newton.
0: David Newton has had a some, I don't know what it is. It seems like he's had a personal vendetta against Cam Newton off rip. And he and some other reporting is the reason why I got into this lane that I did as an owner and not wanting to work, um, underneath a major network. I wanted to be able to be a voice, um, from a community that may have a different perspective on how these players feel the, the, where they're coming from, um, how they interact with media and all of that. This comment is so loaded. It is so loaded. That when I saw it, I was like, wow. And I shot it to Sheena. I was like, Sheena, did you see this? She was like, No. And we immediately were like, okay, we gotta address this on Quick Blitz because this is why we have this platform. And shout out to the Riot Network for um for uh uh giving us this platform to be able to speak candidly about how we're speaking. Cam Newton has not done anything to anybody, you know, it's not I don't see it mean he's not Antonio Brown, okay. He's not, he has not had any type of scandals. Um, The whole thing about the routes, that whole thing was, you know, something that I'm sure that he would kind of revisit. But outside of that, Cam Newton did, in my opinion, everything right. He gave it all on the field. He was very active in the community and he won football games and he was an NFL MVP for you to say that he should have been humble and that she, he should have um, um, uh, not been the center of attention. Well, what else do you expect him to be? He is an MVP quarterback on a team where, you know, he was drafted number one in the league, and you expected him to be humble? Why are we the ones who are always expected to be humble? You know what I read when I read that,
1: how that translated to me? Be glad that you're getting the opportunity to be a quarterback in the NFL because you don't look like an NFL quarterback. So just be happy that you're in this
0: position. Stay in your your place. In your place. Cam Newton was a a quarterback who did not stay in his place. And the franchise is better for it. And, and But I, we would rather, and this is not a knock on Teddy Bridgewater, because honestly, Teddy Bridgewater may be more passionate about views and issues that, that directly concern the Black community than Cam That's Newton right. was. But it's viewed differently because, you know, Teddy is more chill about it. Teddy isn't in your face and Teddy isn't as brash. and Teddy, and, and, and those are- Teddy, the, Teddy, they're, a- they're, Teddy ain't, ain't
1: walking, walkin', he's not
0: rocking wicks. At this point, at this point, I swear Cam took his woman or something. Like, I'm I, this is this is for real. And I've said this before like, this is personal. These words are personal. This is not from somebody who covered Cam Newton as an unbiased member of the media who works for the biggest network in sports. This is personal. Not this is that, personal.
1: What I found to be interesting was the fact that as much and that he, as many criticisms as he has for him, he was still texting him trying to get interviews. Quiet is kept. Bloop. And my issue doesn't stop there. I addressed it a little bit in the tweets. My issues are referring to roster photos as mugshots. I did not like that. It did not sit well with me. Bash, I can remember months ago when I we, said-
0: let's, let's, it. let's set, because we both, we were on a press conference. We were on a Zoom conference and- there was a question about whether the players mug shots would be up and I'm like, and, and, and Sheena, we'll, we'll text each other when we, mug shots, mug shots.
1: Right. Like why, why that terminology? Um, I mean, and we get it. Football players are not as recognizable out in public as basketball players are because they wear helmets. But if you're around these guys, through a training camp in off season, you're in the locker room with them three days a week. In addition to practice, you know who they look like, you know what they look like. All black people don't look alike. So with with the the experience that this person, because I don't like saying his name, I really don't like to give him that attention. The experience that he has in this field, why are you still posting the wrong photos, especially when it comes to a negative article? Why are you still posting the wrong photos of players? You know exactly what Mario Addison looks like, or you should. You should know. I sta- I stood there. I didn't even put this in the tweet. I stood there and I watched him confuse Cameron Artist Payne, who had been with the team several seasons at that point, with CJ Anderson. They look nothing alike.
0: Well, maybe they all look alike to him. Yeah. I, I sh- sh- the the this should not this should not we're addressing it because as media members and as black women stuff like this should not fly and there's been a history of it and for you to poke at this man who hasn't done anything and for you to make loaded comments and loaded comments like this is it's a problem and um you know people panthers fans have been complaining about uh, him for some time, and it's been warranted. And you know, we're not. Yeah. And that's
1: wh- what's even seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff, or you know, balancing your camera phone on the head of an inter- a female intern, as though she's your tripod. I mean, I could go on for days. Mm. And this well, isn't even a race thing because she was a white woman. When she said, when she moved, he said, "Can you just stand still for me?" As though she were his prop. So there are issues that need to be addressed. And honestly, I'm glad that we're covering this virtually because we don't have as many of these instances with him this season, but it transcends race and it transcends gender. But when you are trusted, because it is a privilege to be a credentialed member of the media. Absolutely. When you are trusted to be in this position, it's irresponsible to do what he's done.
0: And it's part of the reason why a lot of players don't trust us. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. All right, guys, we're going to end it with that. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate you allowing us to vent and keep it 100 because really, honestly, that's all we know how to do. Um, We're going to try to bring you a post-game blitz after the game on Sunday. But if we aren't able to, we will definitely have a new episode of Quick Blitz. That will drop next Thursday on the Riot Network. Again, make sure you're subscribing to Quick Blitz wherever you get your podcast. Just search Quick Blitz. Uh, follow us on social media, Sheena at Sheena underscore Marie 3. And then check me out at Keep Blitzing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>